1: i have love to start an episode with Hello from an Alleyway. Hello from an Alleyway, pretty close to Camden Tube. And it's a rather ostentatious alleyway, if my guests today don't mind my saying so. I'm at Climate Campaign 1010. I was really expecting to see something downbeat, and instead I'm outside giant golden wrought iron gates with me, Alice Bell and Jesse Schaff. They are both campaigners and they work for 1010. Hello, you both. Hello. 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 Can we get to the meat of the, uh, the issues we're here to discuss today? Why are your gates... Painted gold.
2: I think they're gold just because next doors are gold. Although no, they're horrible the grey now. Oh. But they goes with the bright we are bright pink as our, our colour and there is a kind of ten ten it tries to be a bit unusual and in compared to other climate charities in that we take a positive attitude uh, which doesn't mean that we think that climate change is good because it's not, it's really, really horrifically bad but within all the despair and awfulness of thinking about climate change we try and bring the hope so it's things people can positively do to take action and actually combat it um, and as part of that we, you know, we paint things gold and bright pink and...
3: and we also have flamingos as our mascot wonderful <laughs> yes, you see those perched in the uh, used oil canisters
2: they're actually named Nigel and who's the other one? they're named after climate sceptics I can't we can James James
1: yeah Uh, what Dellingpole
2: yeah Yeah, I think so and
1: Lawson yeah Yeah. right there we go yes we're talking about y things today particularly we're talking about solar solar power what do you think of the choice of day uh, on which to discuss this
3: well it's a very convenient day to bust a myth about solar that it doesn't work when it's cloudy
1: right right. because yes we're teetering on the brink of rain yeah what are we going to go and look at
3: um, so, yeah, we're going to look at a few spots around the area that have some interesting solar installations. A school...
2: Some housing. Some housing. Business. But we thought we... Oh, and a station. But we thought we'd also play with our new app, which is called Look Up, which is meant to make people look up to think about our natural resources like wind and solar rather than looking down to fossil fuels. But it's it's a bit like Pokemon Go, but... I and mean, it's not as fun as Pokemon Go. It's quite fun, though. The idea is to have something that's fun um, and lets you spot roofs that could have solar. So look up and sort of reimagine our roofs. So we might have a play and spot roofs that don't currently have solar, which could do, which, much as I hate to be pessimistic, is one of the more... It's one of the sad things about London is that we are not tapping into our solar potential. Um, London, you know, it's not known for its great weather, but it, as Jesse says, the solar panels could work on days like this, but we haven't really been installing enough of them.
1: And we'll be aiming, I hope, to find out why that is. So I was doing a bit of research around the topic in preparation for the interview. Is it true that we are sixth in the world in this country for the total amount of solar coverage that we've got? That Does that sound right to you? about right. Really? I'm
3: not sure what the... Yeah, I would have to look it up. But we're, we're not doing too badly, I think, as, you know... But we could be doing better, is is the kind of sixth line. Sixth no, in the not, world is not, fantastic, we're sure. Not, we're not anywhere near, you know, China, America... But, and Germany are ahead of us but you know, over the last six years we have had a boom in solar um, and unfortunately that's had the rug pulled out from under it um, in the last six months to a year but
1: we're not, we're not doing too badly Obviously China and America are the first I think their numbers one and two in the total amount of coverage yeah. and that makes sense with them having uh, so much land but for us to be in at number six a little island like us that's quite impressive no?
2: if that's it might be per capita though.
1: no it's not That that is the total amount of solar kit
2: I'm still not super surprised because um, I mean there's lots of there's lots of places where you can put solar um, well for example one of the things that, one of the um, ways in which Britain is a world leader in solar or in London actually is kind of record breaking is we have the largest solar array on a reservoir so you can make use of space that is also being used for other things so the, re- the queen elizabeth reservoir which is walton on thames are we going to call that as london it's sort of out towards heathrow and um, that is the world's currently the world's biggest floating solar farm and it's a really good way of using reservoir space because the solar panels float on the reservoir and the reservoir keeps the solar panels cool which makes them more efficient it's one of the things one of the reasons why solar is pretty good in places like Britain is it doesn't overheat at least um so they can be and Scotland does great solar partly because it's lots of sun but it doesn't get too hot but the solar panels get cooled by the um by the reservoir but on top of that they also shade the reservoir which keeps the reservoir from overheating and also prevents algae growing so it's like a it's just a really like it's really good idea to put solar on a roof because otherwise it's just not the spaces are being used but places like reservoirs you can just put loads of solar on and there have been some really entrepreneurial solar people in the uk that have taken advantage of space like that
3: i think the other thing thinking uk wide is that there's a bit of perception that solar takes up a lot of room and putting it on roofs is a great idea but even with some of the deployment in fields so a sort of solar farm that you might see on the train um i think the stats are that compared to the amount of land used for golf courses it's it's tiny you know that we use something like two percent of the uk's land the golf courses if we built twice as much solar as we have at the moment we might might get to one percent you know something like that you know it's really that the perception that we don't have enough land to build the solar that we need isn't true particularly because we can start putting on our roofs in a greater much greater scale than we have at the moment the thing for london when talking about solar is that talking about the success that we've had in the uk is that london's fallen behind it hasn't kept up with other regions of the uk other cities in the uk in taking advantage of its uh, roof space to install solar so we have had to report by greenpeace uh, before the mayoral election asking the question why isn't london using its roof space you know that's what we've got in london we've got a lot of roofs and we're not putting
1: them to use it's one of the problems not that we've got a lot of small roofs who don't all belong to the same person
2: yeah, so one of the, there are, we have got a lot of small roofs that are quite high, which also means it's quite expensive to get scaffolding, and also because it's London, everything's expensive, so putting up scaffolding costs more in London than other places. There's a lot of shade because it's very built up, so when you do have a roof, there might be another building in the way, shading them, which doesn't mean it's great. There are problems with some sort of mini, like the kind of model where in other parts of the country you see lots of domestic household owners putting panels on their roof it's harder to do in london also we have a very transient population and we have a lot of yeah a lot of people who share the same roof there are loads of really cool ways around that another thing where london has actually been a world leader is some of the community energy projects on social housing in brixton and hackney where they say well we we share a roof let's share solar panels and you can buy a share instead of now, if you own your own house and you have a bit solar panels on it, it might be several grand as an outlay, you'll get the money back potentially, although since the cuts to solar support, it'll probably take you a bit longer. But the model was, you know, you paid a couple of grand, then you get the money back. But the model for the social housing ones is you invest 50 quid in like communal solar solar array on your roof and then you'll all get a bit of the money back over years. And it's much it's much lower outlay at the first um, go so if you don't have several grand, as well as not only your own roof, you know, it's, it's a bit easier, it's a bit more accessible. And this, yes, there has been some brilliant projects in London on that model.
1: Well, particularly in those places that you mentioned where they, where it's possible to get a spirit of community up. I think everywhere else in London, everybody hates each other.
3: <laughs>
1: well, <there's, laughs> to, to prove you wrong and show you another area, there's been a recent
3: install on a, in a Highgate on, really? a, on a church, say. St Anne's Church in Highgate, mm-hmm. a group called Power Up North London, uh, raised some money from the community there to put some uh, panels on the church. So that's was an interesting project. Um, well, another community centre there, another community hub. Exactly, yeah, a church, so it's well-used building. You've got lots of people coming in and learning about solar because they've got to see the panels on the roof, and also just because it's a listed building. Um, so one of the things that can hold you back when it comes to solar is if you've got... yeah old buildings and people don't want it you've got permission to be needed to change the appearance and you know we do have a lot of heritage buildings in london and, yeah, so in saint anne's in highgate they were able to come up with a design that fitted with the historic nature of the church the local community really supportive camden council really supportive so there's there's projects like that are showing that
1: you can overcome the hurdles You've got to have a bit of vision and you've got to have a bit of community spirit, a bit of long-term thinking for this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, London is quite like that. I think one of the things about community energy projects is they really help bring communities together. Um, and so you, you might need a bit of community cohesion before you can get one off the ground, but those few people talking to each other to go, oh, could we have a community energy project, can then spark a lot more... It uh, just gives an opportunity for Londoners to talk to each other, to enc- talk to their neighbours about the fact they share a roof and do they want to put solar on it. Um, I was involved in a project in Hoxton. and We were really... In the end, the project fell apart because... Um, or at least have been on hold because of the solar cuts. But we were really excited about replicating what's happened in other bits of Hackney um, and down in Brixton because it would give an opportunity for a community that's felt a lot of gentrification in the area. There's a lot of things that divide us. But this could be something where people could work together and a reason for us to talk to our neighbours who we wouldn't otherwise talk to. And it was really nice getting to the first few planning meetings about that and just chatting to people who just happened to live around me who, for whatever reason, thought solar panels were exciting. Um, there's, a, there's something interesting about solar panels as they really can bring people together. I
1: think, yeah, really I really think you're, I think you're, stre- you're stretching it slightly there. I don't know.
2: I don't know. Jesse is a person to talk to about the village of Alcon, um, where it's probably the most classy example. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I,
3: I'm happy to admit to being, you know, a solar, a solar geek, you know, loving solar panels, and, that, and that's my job to love solar, but. Um, well when I you know, say hang on a minute, when you say you love solar panels, yeah,
1: are you fetishizing the objects themselves <laughs> or is it the I benefits? Wouldn't, I wouldn't
3: take it that far, it's the benefits, but there's a, there's something about them where when you see them on the roof, people do get excited they go, Oh there's some solar panels and that's and you can see the effect of that in a kind of row of a row of houses. You'll get one person putting up solar panels and then suddenly the neighbours will do will do it and it becomes something a bit to show off. Um, you know, it's compared to some of the other things that we talk about when it comes to climate change insulating your roof is a fantastic thing to do, but no one ever gets excited about roles of insulation whereas they might not be getting as excited as I am about climate change and, and you know, renewable energy and potential for solar, but I think it's fair to say people are, you know, they're interested it's something new it's something that feels modern and like it's capturing the future of, of where we're going with our energy system so yeah, I'd stand by, stand by the claim that people love solar
2: we have got, because uh, the charity we work for used to run a big project called Solar Schools um, we had a network of solar schools all over the country we've got a few in London and we'll probably end up with one of them today, um, we ran that project, it was the community would around the school would get together to crowdfund to buy the solar panels for the school um, so it might be like a ten grand fundraise for a big roof that you might have in a school and then the school would save money on their energy bills for years to go on and so it was a good way of boosting the school budget and we did it partly because we knew communities wanted to save their schools money and help boost schools' budgets and, but they often, we often found that schools did it just also as a way of bringing the community together and having a project the community could work on together and one of the things that schools would say, they signed up to it because oh, they wanted to do more about the environment or they just wanted to make some money. But when they came out of it, one of the big things they said they got, got out of the whole project was how much it helped them connect with the local community. So I'd say we've got pretty good, we did quite a lot of research onto that. And I'd say we've got pretty good evidence to suggest that the solar panels, particularly with schools.
1: If, if we were taking an example where homeowners have plugged together, I can understand that straight away. If we were talking about one of these institutions at school, how does that bring them closer to the community around them?
2: Oh, well, through the fundraising for it. So it would be oh, the idea <laughs> hey, of When you say bring them project.
1: together, you mean it gets people to give them money?
2: Yeah, no, it's the, the project of the challenge of can we... It's partly a fundraising challenge, but they, you know, schools often have fundraising challenges for fixing the roof or all sorts of other projects. And they found the solar ones particularly powerful at getting people in. And like the local milkman might get involved or something, and local businesses would be happy to get involved in a way that for other fundraisers they wouldn't necessarily do so. Oh, we are spotting some solar panels.
1: Uh, Jesse is gesturing across the road. Well, at a, at I think p- Alice p- is the one that well, well, me. I've seen those. These are the ones you mentioned, uh, the solar thermal. A bit of description here. We're standing out just past the Edinburgh Castle. And on the other side of the street is, well, you're either going to love this building or not. It's <laughs> a, a festival of glass and steel. Uh, it looks like it was probably constructed in the last five years.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to defend the architectural value of this one, um, but it has done an interesting job of integrating some solar thermal panels in it. In it, and uh, by that I mean some tubes that collect the collect the sunlight, the heat of the sunlight, and transfer it to water. Oh, well, so
1: so we're looking as we look at it. There are big panels, so there lots of glazing, and then big panels. Well, you don't pay any attention to them. They look like decoration. They almost remind me of neon tubes that haven't been switched on. And uh, they're about three stories worth of, of panels of that size. Yeah, and they have I think I've done a decent job of integrating it into the building. And so what are they doing? That's not a solar panel as I would think it's
3: of. It's not one. generating electricity. It's um, heating up water. And how is it doing that? I'm stretching my technical knowledge. Oh, it Hang on good. a minute. I thought you were a <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were a geek. I don't want, I don't want any... Uh, solar installers out there listening to this to me screaming at their iPods i'll do my best so you've got glass tubes with a liquid in it and as the sun hits it heats up the liquid and that heat is transferred to the end of the tube where they'll have water running through a, a pipe and transferred into that water and then into the heating system of the building
2: so, northern link with um, a more conventional heating system to kind of like add a bit of heat if you need it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it can produce a lot of the hot water. It's one of the more efficient ways of having uh, using solar power in the UK. Uh, I still stand by the fact that solar PV photovoltaic cells, you know, the classic things, work really well in Britain. But solar thermal probably again is underutilised because it's maybe not what we expect. When we
3: don't do it. If we've we got some solar thermal, just like we're looking at at the moment, on the roof of your. Uh two-bedroom semi-detached house live with three people three four living there in the middle of the summer you won't be um, needing any gas or electric to heat your hot water for your shower or your uh, your washing up so it's a good technology for the uk again it's something that the government have chopped and changed with their support for it which has undermined the rollout but
1: yeah so you, you'll see it as you get you'll see it on people's roofs the uk we'll come back to policy i suspect at various points in the podcast there was something that you mentioned in relation to st anne's in highgate mm. and it occurs to me with that building as as well there which is excruciatingly modern in design yeah these are not naturally sympathetic to the built environment are they, or to any environment they stick out i know you're used to batting it away but i suppose yeah. i'm raising the aesthetic
3: yeah. Objective. yeah 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 i think that you know you shouldn't shouldn't try and shy away from the fact that some people are going to like the look of something, and some people won't. And also that things can be done well, when they can be done badly, um, and that when they're done badly, you shouldn't try and defend
1: that. So, oh, hang on, I just realised I need to stick my flag in the sand here because sometimes when I raise objections like that, people go, oh, "You don't like solar?" But no, I'm right behind solar like power yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah.
2: But, yeah the I th- and I think it's quite understandable that some people don't like the way that I don't like the way oil rigs look. And some people might really like it. There is a kind of beauty of some oil rigs. In fact, the oil industry on Instagram is fascinating. If anyone's into the aesthetics of of oil rigs, I certainly don't like the look of climate change. You know, there's other things you might be like, oh, I like the look of this. I don't like the look of that. It's it's an aesthetic thing. But it's a bit of a the people who don't like the look of, in particular, wind turbines, but also solar panels, seem to be able to articulate that with a lot more. Well, they seem to be heard a lot more than the majority of people who are like, yeah, no, I quite like them really. Um, and it's quite normal to like the look of them. It's, it's what most people in Britain would say that they quite like.
1: Hmm, solar, pa- solar panels less so, though, right? I mean, for, I windmills maybe.
2: Yeah, but well, when I... Mean, I pens- something
1: moody about a windmill yeah. on, a, on a hill.
2: I personally think that wind turbines look very beautiful, whereas, although I don't mind the look of solar panels, I wouldn't necessarily... say. Although that's, that said, I have a, bit, I have a necklace with a solar panel in it. I mean, it's sort of, it's an aesthetic object.
1: Are you like Tony Stark? If you take that off, do you, does your power diminish? Yeah,
2: I, don't, I stupidly forgot to put, bring it with me today. But, um, yeah, so I'm powerless. No, it's, it's a totally non-functional bit of solar panel. It was an off-cut from um, a solar farm. Um, you, get loads, you get off-cuts of solar panels. In fact, one of our colleagues runs uh, DIY solar panel-making workshops using um, off-cuts of, of solar panels. He just buys a load of them cheap off the Internet, and then you can put them together in a sequence and uh, make your own small kind of laptop-sized solar panel, um, mm-hmm. which you can use to power your phone.
1: You mentioned a f- there's somebody called Howard, connected with 1010. Yeah, exactly. and, yeah chair uh, of our board. The chair of the board. What, uh, what's he all about?
2: Howard Johns. Uh, if you Google him, you'll see he's a solar entrepreneur, or solar-preneur, as journalist is called. Uh, he's just somebody who has uh, run a solar company, um, real advocate for solar, done some amazing projects in the southeast east of, of England he was
3: involved in one of the first community energy projects putting some solar panels on a brewery in lewis lewis i think i'm right in saying um, so that's yeah, one of the first projects that was funded through a community share offer um, and owned by the community and um, so he's been involved yeah, right from the beginning
1: but but running a uh, running a solar charity and a solar business He's no longer heading up his solar business. Okay. Um, So he's been our chair for the last
3: year and a half? Yeah, he's
2: chair of our board. So um, like most charities, we have a board that sits every few months and kind of gives us advice and supports us. (laughs) What have you been doing? um, I mean, in terms of running it, we have a team of directors who who run it. Uh, We don't actually have a a single CEO um, or executive director. We took the decision a couple of years ago to share that job so we have four directors that work collaboratively, but they're people who run the charity.
1: Just because it's an opportune moment to do so, should we check in regarding our direction of travel? And yeah. I'm tempted to do that now because we're passing a horrendously unattractive brick building.
2: Is Cecil Sharp House.
1: The English Folk Dance and Song Society.
2: Should we um, cross the road and see what the solar PV potential of Cecil Sharp House would be? Yes, let's our- do that.
1: Is that Have we got the side there, or is that the front?
2: I think that's... Oh, is that I hope it's the side, but I'm worried. It's the main entrance would be... Well,
1: they've got the sign. That's, that's not attractive. They need something more in the middle there, don't they? Maybe a, a neon sign or something. Quite,
2: have you never been to Cecil Sharp? No, I've never I've, been Well, there. if you're into folk music, it's the place to be. <laughs> that's
1: probably why I've never been to Cecil Sharp house.
2: Yeah, I have a friend who's singing a choir here sometimes. let go the
1: side. Yes, we're going round. Jesse is brandishing his app. is this has got to stop people. I just want to paint the scene. Now, we all know that people are on their mobile phones too much, right? I'm sure we have experiences multiple times each day where you nearly collide with somebody who's busy texting. So the people on the sidewalk just now were a couple talking to each other, a woman jogging, and us three doing an interview, and all of us were looking at mobile phones and nearly walked into each other. Are we capable of doing anything anymore without looking at a mobile phone?
3: Well, hopefully not, because we've got an exciting, <laughs> exciting new app out using your mobile phone to find uh, roofs that would be good for
1: solar panels. I take back everything. So I'm what a great idea.
3: strongly encouraging people to spend more time looking at their mobiles, but doing it responsibly away <laughs> from the busy, busy parts of the paper.
2: And it is called Look Up, partly because we're like, oh, look up to the sunshine, look up to roofs, but it's also, you know, look up from your bleeding mobile phone.
1: Um, joke. Try not to walk into a solar-powered... Lamppost.
2: Yeah. Oh, sure. lamppost might be. I don't think that one is. Um, but you can get solar power. Somebody has invented. They were showing them off around, House of Parliament not long ago. Um, somebody has invented solar powered
0: LED-, in LED-, LED.
2: Oh no, let's do it. I just want to talk about the LED the LED streetlights. So a lot of streetlights around the country are being moved to LEDs which are much more efficient. We would, uh, Jesse, will be a real advocate of this. If people want to at home shift to LEDs they can save a lot of money and energy just moving to these sort of new generation light bulbs. But streetlights across the country are moving to LEDs and they've been quite controversial in places because the lighting hasn't always been right. But if you do them right they're brilliant and they use very little energy. So these guys have um, built uh, an LED streetlight that's also solar powered and it's got enough battery to be able to store because you don't need that much energy for the LED light to, to run at night. So the sun that goes on during the day comes through the solar panels, and then at midnight you have the LED working, and we have all the sunshine at night keeping us safe and the streets lit. It's a really lovely bit. If you're geekily into street lights, it's a really awesome bit of technology.
1: Over your shoulder, I've been noticing Jesse fiddling with his app. Yeah. And he's, he seems to be resizing a pink rectangle on a map.
2: Do you want to take us through the steps? Yes, let's go through the steps. So we found... This is Cecil Sharp House. Easy for you to say. Yeah, Cecil Sharp House, which folk uh, music fans will have heard of. Classic, but it's a key icon of of Camden. Um, I don't know if we necessarily advocate putting solar panels on it because some people love the way this building looks and might not like it. And we should be aware of some people's aesthetic stuff. But let's just see what we think our app would think how many solar panels at Okay I, so I think we connected. could sneak
3: them on on the side without anybody be able to oh, see them yeah. from the ground. So I'm taking a
1: quick picture of the building and going through the stages with the phone just to get the right There's One that he's pressed okay. I've always wondered with because uh, it's a convention on everything to do with computing that you press okay, never yes. What okay seems so grudging. You know, it's I don't Americanism. mind really.
3: Americanism uh, I think. Yeah.
1: So we've taken the picture. We have got the uh, Google maps, bird's eye view of the building. Oh, we're okay, we're above it now, yeah. So, and they've got a, a plenty of roof space there, and plenty of sunshine falling on the, the roof, roof we've And I'll uh, just post my roof, and that will go onto
3: our treasure map, and then I'm going to... What? Your treasure map? So, everybody using this app... You've just stolen their roof? Yep, yeah, lifted it off. No, everyone using this app is spotting roofs, and they get added to our national treasure map on the website, so, so this we can is a see... a hive mine thing. Yeah, it's a hive mine. We've got UK... We've got map moves in the UK, America, Australia, a couple in Japan. So it's, got, it's gone international, yeah, we, unintentionally. If the app
2: works internationally, and we were just pushing it in the UK. But if anybody wants to play it abroad, they're totally welcome to. And yes. people have been, because our map is getting like big in Silicon Valley, we noticed. Uh, What's the name of the app again? Look Up. Look Up, Look Up yes. Available
3: go- on App Store and yeah. iTunes.
2: So you want to go to the Google Play Store or iTunes and search for Look Up Solar. Um, otherwise you get a load of Kim Kardashian stuff. <laughs> Which I think is
1: probably true, whatever you put in search. Well, it, things, yeah. does she have sufficient uh, capacity so for solar panels? To be determined. Uh, we are currently looking at the roof of Cecil Sharp House on Google Maps. There is a large pink rectangle, that they want to move that.
3: So you, you, you've got the picture of the roof. You can draw the pink box on top to tell the app. How big an area you want to put the solar now panels on? You're not on. choosing
1: the whole roof; you're just choosing a little. No, section just then. choosing the the slope of the roof that
3: is going to have solar. You could put it on the other side, but um, I know that that side's facing
1: north, so I'm not going to. Now, um, now we've gone to a, th- a sort of an AutoCAD, st- very pri- primitive AutoCAD thing, and you're able to change the. Now, why are you doing that to the Change now? the
3: slope of the roof. So, when you're putting solar panels on a roof, you want to know what angle to the sun they're going to be. So, this is starting to seem quite complex.
1: Well, it, this is not this is not being fun. <laughs> it's fun when you've got the app because you're just moving a little slider and the pictures moving. The walls are entirely stable and fixed, but the roof is like a pair of lungs expanding and
2: <laughs> contracting. They're like bellows, aren't they? Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, so I'm just telling it roughly
3: what the slope of the roof is, and then I'm going to te- use the compass feature built into all good smartphones to tell the app the direction of the roof so whether it's pointing north south east or west and that's obviously important because you want your solar panels
1: to be facing south to capture the sun this right. has got so much I used to be a bit paranoid about people lurking around street corners with the mobile phones. What well, they taking pictures of? It this is far worse. They're prospecting my roof. they <laughs> processing your roof there. Yeah.
2: Well we didn't we did we did were well worried that people might take lots of photos of people's houses and people might not like that. We haven't had any pushback on that, but I would say that the best places you're likely to find loads of solar capacity aren't people's have own homes. It's more likely warehouses, business spaces, the top of something like Central sharp house, a school, a church and so shouldn't
3: really have to invade people's privacy. So just to go back to the next, one of the final steps, you tell it how, how shaded the roof is. Look at so, this. Are there the, the graphic. Graphic.
1: Are there any chimneys, trees or telegraph poles blocking the sun? Slide so, to the left if there are no shadows on your roof or to the right if there are lots of shadows. So I can see a nice
3: big
0: uh, London plane tree. Um, Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
3: I'm going to give it a, tell the app that there's a little bit of shading and then finally just tell the app what the roof's made of. Um, and that's because solar panels are very easy to install on metal roofs quite easy to install on tile roofs and, but if you've got a thatched roof you might want to uh, think about doing something else but anyway, in this case you have got a nice tiled roof so I'm going to tell it that I'm going to wait for the cogs to churn a turn rather
2: maybe in a slight back spot for uh, internet uh, Wi-Fi. Right. And um, oh, if
1: burglars are half as organised as this, we are in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> yeah,
2: it doesn't tell you what's in the in the building. No, but.
3: no. It is telling me that the roof of Cecil Sharp House could hold 31 panel, solar panels. That would be about 7.6 kilowatt peak output. That would be enough to power about two homes. Um, and then gives you a little bit of feedback on is the slope too steep or too shallow as an ideal angle to catch mm-hmm. the sun. Um, what's it made of? Is it good? Is it, was that a good thing to tile or metal? Um, and ha- was the shading okay?
1: alright So what happens with this information there It's all all goes on our Met Treasure map, um, and there's also a leaderboard. So okay, but you you know it. We know, but the I mean, crucial link here is that, that Cecil Sharp House doesn't know.
2: Well, they could go and, and look at it. And um, when we developed this app, one of the reasons of doing it is to give like community groups who might be talking to their neighbours about whether they wanted to have some solar potential in their area, something to play with to go out in the streets together and look at places in their local area that could use, uh, could have solar. So, for example, the group in Hoxton that I used to be involved in, um, we did a little. It was really, really hard rain that day, wasn't it? It was not the best day for going on a solar <laughs> treasure hunt. But we went out. Um, the area and or even though we'd been spending ages on Google Maps and just like we thought we knew our area and we thought we knew all the best places for solar we have spotted a whole new roof on the top of the sports centre that we hadn't even really thought about before and we're like oh no that could have some great solar PV. The, the app is a toy, it doesn't tell us exactly what you know, you, if you really want to know how many solar panels we put on there, if you want to know whether it would work, things like how easy it's going to be to install? You need to get a proper consultation, but it gives you enough information to give you a sense of like, oh, it's worth us investigating that. Um, it's worth us talking to the people who own that building about whether they'd be up for having community solar s- sited on that roof.
1: Right, that's the crucial bit there, isn't it? Somebody needs to be approaching Cecil Sharp House and pointing this out to them. Yeah. Is, so we is, could, that, is uh, that a we function? Could
3: interrupt this podcast now to march into Cecil Sharp House and show them their report from the app and say did you know that your roof would look good with 31 solar panels on and have you thought of putting putting them up there and they might say oh that's interesting I might do that ourselves or that's interesting if you've got a community energy
1: group we'd be willing to lease you the roof and let you put solar panels up you. I reckon you want a little box in the app to stick their email address in and just send them the findings. <laughs> yes.
2: well, we have to, so the local community energy group to here that did the church in Highgate that Jesse was mentioning, Power Up North London, we've been on little trips around here with, with the app and they might well look at our map or take the app out themselves and have a think about you know, spaces around here that they might try and build a, a solar share offer on.
1: Should I... I don't know if this is... Yeah, this is a fair question. What's your solar situation individually? <laughs> Alice?
2: Well, I, I rent. Are fully solar panel? Well, well, yeah, apart from having a necklace with a solar panel, I have no functional ones. No, I, um, as a renter, like most people in London, I don't have solar.
3: Um, Jesse? um I am the proud owner of a five watt solar panel because I can't put solar on my roof. I'm in a block of flats. Um, but I needed to put a ventilation fan in my attic, so I bought a little solar kit for that, and that's my, uh, yeah, that's my
1: solar at home. This underlines a, a problem, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: That is a key problem in London. It's one of the reasons why community solar is has a lot of potential in London, because it'll allow people who really love solar but don't own their own roofs or aren't thinking they're necessarily going to be around the area for long enough to own a bit of a solar panel. So you could invest in a local community group share offer, for example. I don't know if Jackie's got any share offers. Um.
3: Yes, I, I um, invested 250 quid in Brixton Energy about four or five years ago. So I own a share in a solar array on Loughborough in Loughborough Junction um so I guess that is on top of the got a little solar panel in it, but I've also got a
1: share of a 50 kilowatt solar array in Loughborough Junction you're talking really directly about incentives there yeah and let's assume that you're not investing in the solar. I mean, let's assume you're somebody who's, like most of us, living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Nothing's saved. Yeah. The last thing anybody wants to do is shell out you know, however many thousand pounds, even if the roof was their own. Mm-hmm. What's the incentive for getting involved in a community project where, presumably, you're still going to have to pitch in a few hundred quid or something? Um, I thought, uh, community energy takes all shapes and
3: sizes. But what's so the, what, what is the incentive to the individual participating? For me, it was that I wanted to see it happen. I want, it with this the project I invested in was the first of its kind it was on the first community energy project on social housing and I knew that I'd get my investment back over time with a, a very modest return. So that's and I did have 250 quid but there's other people who are involved in community energy projects who don't invest their money they invest their time because they want to see it happen and they want to see cleaner energy in London and a lot of projects will be benefiting the community in terms of generating a surplus fund to invest in community en- efficient um, energy efficiency and tackling fuel poverty. so there's that incentive for people if they've got a, you know, if they're motivated and they you know, think that all the scandalous stuff around people dying in their homes and in the cold winters you know, if, you're, if that's something that that gets you getting involved in community energy, investing in solar panels or dedicating your time to seeing more solar panels being put up in community energy groups is a way to get into that issue
2: and you do find that it's the thing I said earlier about it there being a community engagement thing I mean there aren't it is people some people just do it because they want to hang out with their neighbours it's something they quite like they sort of believe yeah clean energy is good but maybe the key reason that, maybe also the reason they keep going back and back to the meetings is they make friends And it's like lots of other silly things that people do in London. It's just a way of hanging out with some people.
1: The elephant in the room surely is the financial side. And we've talked about ideals. We've talked about community values. Mm. What about the numbers?
2: So I could say on the money that... So Jesse said he invested £250. Quite often you'll have community share offers which are much lower... Uh, initial output, like it would be 50 quid which isn't quite so much, it's still a lot for a lot of people but it's also, people will have 50 quid that they could put in a savings account, it's equivalent of that and the money you get back can be very high, it can be much higher than putting in an ISA so there's a lot of Londoners that will put money in ISAs, keeping it away for three, four years instead of putting it in a bank that will be investing it in fracking, they could be putting it on a bit of clean energy in their local area where the money's going to be kept in the local area and they will still get um, a return that is better than a lot of other savings accounts so the financial situation is very different in the last year because of the cuts from the government and that's one of the biggest mm. challenges that we have and I, I'm, I think like this time a year 18 months ago I was like yeah anyone with a bit of spare cash should totally put it in solar it's a really good like even if you don't care about the planet it's like it's a good investment and now I'm like well actually you've got to really love it to do it and that's one of the real big problems that well, do you think still- well, that's,
3: a, that's, that's a bit of a debate at the moment is what is what's possible like Alice was saying uh, a year ago or two years ago, it was very much you wouldn't, it's just financial incentive and people put their money into it because the returns were great compared to putting it in the, your piggy bank or in your ISA um, and now with all the changes that have happened, people have been working through projects that were based on the old model because there was some I'm not sure how you describe it. You know, there was some some projects that were started a while ago, just finishing up now, that were based on the old model, um, and people are just starting now with new projects without the subsidies, and we're waiting to see exactly what kind of financial returns are possible. But you know, people are hopeful and uh, are working on things. You know, that thing, it's possible to put up solar panels and make money back. It's kind of bottom line. Um, you just need to be working harder to find the right roofs.
1: Mm. Um, so I, th- I think maybe there's been a misunderstanding in my mind the whole way through this, mm. but I- I'm, I'm not sure the distinction is still quite clear enough for me. So no. I think I came into this imagining that we were talking about stick some solar panels on your roof and your yeah. energy bill, your, your personal energy bill yeah. goes down because you're bringing in energy in some way. Yeah. But instead, what I think we've been talking about is finding ways to invest in solar power, which you will not directly benefit from, except perhaps through a return on your investment. Yes, and certainly. yet, in, in the mix there somewhere, we've also had a few stick of photovoltaic cell on the outside of your building, that kind of thing. So it seems like there's a bit of a
2: a, m- of a muddled so line see, there. <laughs> um, if we start, So this is, what's that? Is that a railway shed? Looks there's like a it, big building it? that could easily have loads of solar on it up just up there. Anyway, stick some solar panels on that or stick them in a school and the solar power can power the school. Um, or whatever building it is, top of your house, wherever it is. But there will also be extra energy that it will generate that won't be used by that building and it can be fed into the grid and then you can make money on it. There used to be something called a feed-in tariff, um, which meant as you fed into the grid, you got given a little bit of extra money from it's the It was quite government. generous, wasn't it? It was initially and then it got cut and cut and cut and cut and it's pretty much gone now which is what is changing the financial situation for solar but that is how people previously made money on solar and why we're now having to have slightly different models for it but as jesse says yeah the people are coming up with all sorts of different ways and i think in the next year or so we'll start to see solar offers again that are really attractive that are just based on a different sort of set of financial situation
3: yeah i mean i think that's one of the reasons in london that solar is more difficult because you've got the mismatch between who owns the roof and who's paying the electricity bills Um, so if you're if you own a house and um, you put solar you pay yourself to put the solar panels on the roof it's all quite straightforward you use the electricity that's generated and it's that's free to you so you're saving on your bills Um, and then in the past the government provided some support for that as well so that generated a bit of additional income now the government support has been reduced to a very very low level um, but you're still benefiting by generating electricity on your roof for free
1: that disconnect there's a potential for that to be turned on its head in some way though isn't there because coming down the tracks at us is arguably here already is this situation where people can't afford to buy for sure Mm. they're struggling to afford to rent there's going to have to be an overhaul in uh, thinking about what property means to us and what form that might take, I don't know. Maybe some of this disconnect between the property that you live in and your investment in it, maybe that could be shaken up somehow.
3: Yeah, solar is tied to all those issues um, in terms of property ownership and it's such a tricky area for people living in
1: London. <laughs> mm. But what if, what if you could incentivise renters somehow, just naturally, through the shape of the system, yeah. to invest in their property? In a healthy property
3: market, people who were looking for somewhere to rent would have a a range of choices and one of the ways they'd make that choice is by how energy efficient their building was. You know, you wouldn't rent the leaky old flat um, that was freezing all through winter and I think we've all lived in a few of those where you can see your own breath. You would rent... Sometimes the breath of others. (laughs) Yes, if you're lucky. And we we would rent the flat that was well insulated with you know double glazing and an efficient heating system and some solar panels on the roof that were generating electricity that was, you were you using free um, <laughs>
1: we're, we're a long way
2: there are there are landlords across the country social landlords do often think about this about how you would have pv on the building partly just to reduce fuel bills for the people who are living in it so if you're trying to build low-cost housing one of the things you should do is put some solar panels on the roof there's one of my favourite examples of this coin street community builders by south bank um the houses they built they wanted to keep the rent low and they were like well there's no point in having really low rent but having really expensive fuel bills and one of the biggest things we have in the uk is that um our energy bills are just... We generally pay a lot for our... We pay a lot of energy. Per bit of energy, we don't pay very much. Like, per bit of energy, Energy is actually quite cheap in the UK. But we have huge bills because our housing stock is so inefficient. It's so terrible. Most of us are having to pay for energy. It just gets leaked out through our windows and our roofs and all sorts of places like this. So people who built the houses in Coin Street were like, well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be... Charging people low rent, but at the same time enforcing them to have to pay a huge energy bill, so they made it very energy efficient, and they also put solar PV on the roof. Mm. And obviously and this is nice a bit like from
3: uh, Waltham Forest that you mentioned to me this morning. That um, Waltham Forest has a much higher rate of PV installation than P- other P- PV is uh, photovoltaic is photovoltaic, oh, yeah, right, yeah. photovoltaic yeah. than other London boroughs, and that's mainly because a housing association in the borough did a big solar program and put it on a thousand roofs, um, and that that is. Benefiting their tenants, um, so you know, that, I think that's one of the areas for growth. You talk about the complications with tenants and how old housings with small old housing with small roofs. There's a lot of potential in on social housing in London, and yeah, the efficiency is there when you're doing a big project as well. And a centralised decision maker, exactly. Yeah, you know, to say, okay, we're going to be doing a thousand roofs and sending out a team to do those, rather than number five on this road doing it and then someone turning up two weeks later to do the house
2: you get um residents so community residence groups in blocks of flats where you do have privately owned flats in a big group um that they will have roof space that you know they will be currently renting out as ma- uh, masks for tv or all sorts of other things phones and stuff like so lots of schools rent their roofs out for similar things and those communities of house owners and renters could get together and say well actually our roof's best used for the people who live Mm. here to make we're going to make more money on solar pv and it could be that as the price of um solar panels goes down more and more like housing association groups will start doing that um so there's scope for people to work together to install solar it's not that hard really um when the economics of it work which currently they're a bit difficult for but have hope that in the future it won't be too difficult
1: this has got nothing to do with what you were just saying. This is one of the loveliest spots in London. my nice okay. harmonica
3: player in the background. Yeah.
1: We're standing on this bridge, looking over the canal. Willows droop over the houseboats houseboats with solar panels by the way
2: houseboats always have solar panels popular on houseboats
1: yeah i shouldn't ask this but i'm going to given that we've been in cemeteries recording before and my guide there told me that london brick is worth money now and people are nicking it out of cemeteries we know about lead going off roofs we know about war memorials being Mm -hmm. pinched and melted down what's the theft value of a solar panel (laughs) i think if you go on ebay and you buy a
3: a one one solar panel it might cost you two hundred quid, but I, I couldn't comment what they cost off the back of a lorry. But I don't, I do. It's it's something I've thought about in terms of do people worry about solar panels getting nicked off their roofs? And I don't hear anything about it. I don't think it's too much of a problem.
2: I think it's hard. Think I've to- seen
3: one new story a few years back of a, of a couple of panels getting nicked, but. It's, yeah totally. it's because kind
2: of, you have to pay to install them the cost of the solar panel isn't just the panel it's the installation and so i see it's not quite the same as yeah. uh nicking some stuff that you can melt down i I'm, i some, i wonder if it may change and we, there is like solar farms have quite a lot of security mm. in case people go and mm. nick them or, or damage them or whatever but yeah i get there's all these solar panels that are just attached to houseboats let alone roofs mm. it could be a thing <laughs> just gather,
1: started it I gather the yeah
2: <laughs> inciting inciting I, PVK.
1: no not inciting <laughs> uh, should we keep going we, I mean it would be lovely to stop here forever really well, I haven't been yeah. down here before have you not no. where are we in relation to other things at the moment we can well, see we're, we're about, we're about to go on the, on the, pirate
2: the towpath castle, which people recognise the train when you get the train out of uh, Houston
1: underneath this.
2: And so we're going to walk down also not far from Primrose Hill um, I know where we are, yes. We go down here, we can walk along the canal to Camden Lock and then we can walk up towards Hampstead Heath where there is a solar school and a solar station.
1: Well, as you can tell from the background noise, we have transitioned. Are we in Fleet Road? Yeah, Fleet Road. We're in Fleet Road, uh, just outside Fleet Primary School. And in a way that is in no way suspicious, Jesse is now photographing the school over their hedge and typing the details in to the app.
2: It is half-time. There are no children around. Uh, i emphasise that. But we're not here to look down. Uh, we're oh, here we're to here look. to look up. We're here to look
1: up. <laughs> yes in
2: fact we we're going to see if we could see their solar panels so this school is one of um, the solar schools there are schools all over, the cu- all over the world that have gone solar schools often have big roofs and so solar entrepreneurs in the area will be like hey can I rent your roof we'll sh- shove some solar panels on it but there was a particular programme that um, 1010 ran that helped schools fundraise um, for to go, to go solar and gave them lots of resources yeah, to help them do cool. it you can see them on the app there. Uh, you can see them on the app but oh yeah
1: Oh, there's a picture Look, of the solar there's panels. About,
2: there's about 100 uh, solar panels on these roofs, but I don't think you can necessarily see them from the floor. So some of the solar, some of the schools that have gone solar with us, they've really made an effort to make it obvious where the solar panels are, so the kids can see them. And it's because it's part of the school learning about energy. And some of them, they really, they don't want it to be too obvious because they want to keep the kind of characteristics of the school architecture, or it's just inefficient that you'd have it where you can see them. It's better that you can, it's better that it's directed at the sun than at people at the floor anyway. But they'll often the schools will have a have a little computer in the building, so the kids can see how much solar the school is generating and how much of their energy is coming from solar. They'll often be really excited because they'll be like, "Oh, loads of our school is powered by solar!" But it also gives them a chance to learn about the bit of the energy that they're using in the school that isn't solar and have a think about where that comes from. So it's more than just clicking a switch. So we, we, for years, we just thought that like solar and schools are awesome, and so we had a project to kind of encourage them for that. And Fleet is one of the London ones, um, and it was 2014. I think they did it with Camden Council, but they had. Loads of fundraisers, they sold T-shirts, local businesses chipped in money. I think they got 500 quid from Budgins. There's a chance for businesses that are trying to get business from local parents to kind of show off. I don't know about a Fleet, but certainly a lot of solar schools, you'd have signs up in all the local businesses saying, we, are, we support the local solar school and things, and the whole community would get involved. Um, and
1: there's big scope for this as well. I think something like 90, 93% of schools in London don't have solar power. Yeah, so um, there's, yeah, there's loads more to do, and there were some
3: promises thrown around in the London election, actually, mm-hmm. so I can't remember off the top of my head, I think Zach Goldsmith was promising to get more school solo, and I'm pretty sure Steve kahn has got some, some plans for it, I can't, couldn't tell you exactly what they are, So, yeah, loads more potential. If we're
2: looking at the scope for where politicians could get involved to support solar in a London, le- uh, London level rather than at the national level, sort of despite the national policy changes, one thing could be to support solar in schools. Um, and you do see one of the opportunities for solar in the UK in the next few years is looking at greater devolution, and like London's already had quite a lot of that, but with sort of Manchester and other parts of the country that are getting more local control, they're starting to be able to make more decisions about energy issues in their local area and have policies that might for example have tax breaks or grants or just ways to help schools energy efficiency uh, all sorts of other things but solar is one of the most obvious ones and it's such a good educational opportunity as kids can just be like oh look at the solar panel you know i don't have them at home but i have them at school it normalizes it and it lets it does let them think not just about the energy that the solar panels are making for them but where the rest of it's coming from i think that's the, probably the most important bit
1: so what's what is salik khan's position on solar
2: Broadly positive, but we're still waiting for a lot of detail on it. So the Deputy Mayor on the Environment was only announced, what was it, about six weeks, two months ago, two months ago? Um, there was a big meeting run by a group called Switched on London just this weekend about energy in London, about how we could have maybe a London wide community energy group. That this group, Switched on London, has been campaigning for that for a while. And that's one of the things that Sadiq did say he would do, but they're sort of still campaigning about how it'll look like. Is he fudging it? I think it's I think he's still working it out. Some people might say he's fudging it. I'd say give him a bit of time to work out what he wants to do there's a lot of space for the new mayor to really do something kind of world leading he certainly participates in parts of, there's lots of networks for mayors to get together to talk about action on climate change it's a group called C40 Cities it's actually based in their offices are in London but they work internationally and there are cities across the world that because they appreciate the mayors have a lot of power often like Mayor of London is one of the most powerful political positions in Europe. Um, the Mayor of Paris, similarly, they'll all work together to think about things that they can do on a, a city-wide level um, to take to have leadership on climate change. And traditionally, London has done things that have been taking leadership roles in on climate change. And there's a lot of scope with solar or other things that Sadiq could do, and he may well do. I think he's probably just working still out, working out his options. The,
3: the, the thing that's exciting is the possibility of having a publicly owned electricity supply company for Londoners that would. me and you could sign up to buy our electricity and gas from it it'd be not for profit be publicly owned and hopefully that would also be an avenue for more renewable energy in london so that organization would buy electricity that was being generated on roofs in london and sell it to londoners um so So that's that's the the ultimate community project. exactly yeah that's what we're i think that's what people are hoping for and we're waiting to see what the details are
2: um, I mean, if are seeing it in smaller... Like, Nottingham has a... They have Robin Hood energy, and they, uh, and they have a lot of solar in Nottingham. It's, these things are potentially linked. Other cities are doing that. Um, we could have that. But on, like, the solar issue, like, France has had a lot of... Sunshine. A lot of sunshine. France has done a lot of action on climate change because they held the Paris talks last year, and they kind of... A lot of politicians there really started to sort of... They saw it as being a key way of gaining political capital, including the mayor. And they've famously had this rule that all new roofs have to have space for either a green roof, so having a garden, or having um, space for solar. Um, And So we could see something like that being introduced at city-wide levels. Or uh, or just more education programmes, there's lots of different things we could do. As
1: as we're looking towards the future, we've got to uh, look at the clock and realise that our future is upon us. And (laughs) what would you want the takeaway to be from what we've been talking about? There's massive
3: potential for solar in London. We're not there yet and we need more action from people like the mayor but we've got the potential to generate a significant chunk of our own electricity in london with solar panels get involved if you've got a local community energy group get involved in it if you've got a roof yourself call up a local solar installer see see what's possible Um, download our app look up have a play on it and see what the potential is
2: I'd also appreciate what's already happened. Um, A lot of climate change, action on climate change, people think of it as something that will happen in the future, something we need to get around to, something that, you know, oh yeah, I'll do that tomorrow when I pay my rent. But actually, people are already doing it. We are standing outside a solar school. The local station down here has a solar garden. Um, There are solar gardens popping up, energy guns popping up around London stations all over the city um, my old school in Brent has just gone solar they just put, I just was reading online, they had 200 solar panels went up over the summer this, like, we don't look up to look and think about our potential but like, just see how much is already there and that doesn't mean we should be complacent but I think it's added to Jess's point about the potential of what we could do it's also appreciating that this is something we're already doing um, so you can yeah, participate get involved but get involved with something that's already building up quite a lot of steam
1: Building up a lot of steam. You know, it's maybe that's unfortunate right. industrial <laughs>
2: revolution metaphor there at the end. But, uh, Almost
1: controversial. <laughs> <But>
2: thermal <laughs> powered steam.
1: Yeah. From 1010, Jesse Schaff, Alice Bell, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: And that's all for this week. My thanks for this week to Jesse Schaff and Alice Bell. Thanks too to Bernie Barkley. Theme and in incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea. I'm in Quentin Wolfe.